start shooting video and just connecting with your customers and start writing your story every day and start doing video every day. You get better when you do it every day. And the market's not looking for perfection. They're looking for action. Hug your friends and family. Let them know more. I'm that much more aware every day how precious life is. You know, when you have, uh, as your kids grow, they move away and you don't see them as often. So just tell friends and family, shoot them a text, give them a phone call, give them a hug, let them know you're thinking about them because um, life is short and they need to know how important they are. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. Boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a true thought leader in the arena of publishing. This is a man who has such a big heart that he spends his spare time, such as it is, saving young kids from human trafficking because he believes that no child should have to go through that hell. But what he does for a living is he helps people that are in business, that have a desire to become seen and recognized for what they know, what's in their heart, through the power of authorship. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Michael Butler of Beyond Publishing. Welcome to the show, Michael. Nikki, it's great to be here. Uh, great things. Love the podcast. And uh, wow, you're you're doing great work. Congrats on all of your books and everything you're doing. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here, brother. It's an honor to know you, man. And um, so the folks who come to this show, they are people like you and I. They're entrepreneurs. They want to, they want to grow. They want to be bigger. They want to be better. They come and listen to the show, not because of me, because, you know, I'm here every week. They come here because they're interested in you. They want to know what it is that you can share with them to teach them, to inspire them, to uplift them. But before they can open themselves to you and your message, they need to get to know you, man. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Michael Butler? I grew up on a farm in Oklahoma, and uh, it was a small town of 5,000 people. And I stuttered as a kid, and there was really only four boys and within a four square mile radius. It was me and my brother and David and Tony. And uh, we lived nine miles out in the country. And, and I got to tell you, I stuttered as a kid for from five to 11. I went to, I went to kindergarten at age five and I realized I had a stutter because I was okay being around my friends that, that knew me, like my church friends and my family, but just being in school, I stuttered. And in the light, there was a librarian and and I was the I was the nerd kid from Oklahoma with my library card maxed out, Nikki. I would steal my brother's library card so I could check out 10 books on his account and 10 books on my account. Nice. And I think the librarian knew I was struggling. And she found a book that was written by an 11-year-old kid. And she gave me this book when I was 11. 
And I can remember sitting out there on my family farm reading this book. I don't remember the title of the book or the kid's name. I just remember on the front, there was a sailboat. And this kid was selling a sailboat. And as I read the book, sitting out there on my farm with the cows and my dog, my German shepherd named Joe, it began to cause me to dream because it occurred to me that the writer of this book was an 11-year-old kid just like me. And with all my struggles and with all my stuttering, I read that book and I began to dream. And I began to think about my future. And I would look up at the sky and I would see a plane fly over. And somebody or something in the universe put it in my heart that one day you're going to be flying in planes like that all over the world, speaking to thousands of people. And we now have authors in 59 nations and we've published 759 titles. And our greatest joy is helping an author get their story to the world and get them on the stages of the world. And it's truly been life changing. I think I was the first publisher to tweet out a book in 2010. I tweeted out a book. It was on human trafficking by the former Mrs. California, Pamela Kennedy Chestnut called More Than Rice, a journey through the underworld of human trafficking. And it got picked up by title card pictures in Vancouver, British Columbia by producer Aaron Wu, who optioned it for short. And that got me thinking. And that got me looking at the publishing space, that readership was up globally, that people were reading more than ever. Americans and Canada, Canadians weren't reading, but globally, people were reading books in English. And I had a revolutionary idea that wasn't revolutionary. I wasn't starting a new industry or a blue ocean. It was just kind of improving on a widget that was a little bit broken. And it's been a fun journey, Nikki. I can tell you that for sure. That's amazing. You know, I, I'm I'm a reader. I've, I've read over 4,000 books in my lifetime. And um, additionally, uh, I've written and published 10. And I'm on the way to publish a couple more. And one of the things that I love is I love publishers. I love authors. I love being around people who write. Um, I'm interviewing Don Bentley today. I, I don't know if you know who Don is, but yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he writes for Tom Clancy University. He's got his own series on Matt Drake. We've become pals. He spoke at a, an event I did last year via Zoom, you know, but we that was the first live event in Toronto in two years. So we we had uh, yeah. <laughs> we had good old Don come and talk. I bought 30 copies of his hardcover book and I and I and I passed them on to our to our attendees and just getting to speak to somebody like Don and someone like you is exciting to me because I'm all about books. I love books. To me, books are wonderful for a number of reasons. One is that as human beings, we pass on um, our experiences through story, right? And books tell stories. So if you've got fiction, to me, great fiction ennobles the soul. It's a beautiful thing to read great uh, fiction. I'll give you an example today. One, one of our authors passed away on the 4th of July, and he was a oh, medical doctor from Pakistan. And he, he, he came here, and he had to sweep streets in New York City. And he had finished medical school in Pakistan. But to get his residency, he had to feed himself and his wife. And they would later take a job uh, as a 
pediatrician in Big Spring, Texas, and his daughter called me on the 4th of July and said he had pancreatic cancer and they were doing experimental surgery at the Mayo Clinic in MD Anderson. And we had ghostwritten his book called Falling Asleep to the Sound of Rain. And he grew he grew up Muslim and he converted to Catholicism so he could marry his wife. And he got her out of Pakistan by getting accepted to medical school. And he's about 63 years old. And I would speak to him almost every day. And when his daughter called me and invited me to the funeral, I said, I can't be there. But she said, I want to order books. Give me as many books as you can. And it was just a three-day order, but we were able to get her enough books to gift everybody that's coming to the memorial this weekend, this Friday and Saturday, a copy of that book. So your book is your legacy. It is credibility for a business owner. It's a coaching program for a consultant or a coach. A book is the anchor tenant in your business repertoire Granted, you only make 20 or $30 for every book you sell, but one of our authors who's a financial advisor used a $20 free book to get him a $200 million portfolio client. I said, I said, Seth, are you going to give away any more free books? He says, you better believe it. I'm giving them all away for free because that is called a lead magnet. It's a marketing expense. Business owners will put up $10,000, $50,000 for billboards, magazines, and television. A book is the most feasible economic credit building thing you can do for yourself and your business, and you build your coaching program around the book. Your book becomes the lead magnet. It becomes the credibility piece. You're 38% more likely to get on stages and media interviews because you've got a book about X, Y, Z. Your book um, gets you on stages at Patriot events, the great American boycott book. My goodness, you're showing me which patriotic companies to buy from. That's so valuable. That's so important. You become the expert in the space that you write, be it fiction or nonfiction. It gives you the opportunity and the permission, and it opens the door for you to have a conversation with that person whose life you can really touch and impact. It's the gateway into a new relationship that becomes a lifetime joint venture partnership. And it's all because of the book. Yeah, all that's true. Right. And, you know, uh, for, for, for me, the, the, the power of a book is you, you take a book that's a piece of fiction and it's a way for you to connect with the shared humanity that we all have. So if you read a book like um, uh, the Maltese Falcon by Dashiell Hammett, right that will take you and connect you with um, a man who is struggling to make his way in the world and make sense of the world of how, how to make distinctions between right and wrong and good and evil. And you read that book, you take that journey along with him. You take those moral dilemmas and you wrestle with them just the way the protagonist in the book does. That's the beauty of reading a great piece of fiction. If you read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, you start to, to basically struggle just like Dagny Taggart in the book does with the issue of collectivism and tyranny versus individualism and freedom. And you start to struggle with those issues and, and you get to experience those moral dilemmas and learn from them. That's the beauty of a powerful story. And then if you read a book, 
that is a piece of nonfiction, right? Like right now I'm reading Seth Godin's The Song of Significance, right? It's a very powerful book because he's talking about how today at work, people want significance. And then if, so, if my own books, I've written, you know, 10 of them here. One of them I'll, I'll, I'll show you. I'll, I'll pull this out. This was, this was my first published book. This was the first edition of Finish Line Thinking. This is the second edition. I've handed these books out thousands of times, and they've got mm -hmm. me thousands and thousands of dollars worth of business and clients. And to, to me, this was the original Nikki Ballou brand. And you were talking about how this can be the basis for me building my coaching program. And, and originally it was. Mm -hmm. I have a website around mm -hmm. all this. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to go back into, into these original books, look at how they can be purposed to help be powerful magnets for me moving forward. But why I believe people should write a book and people should continue to read, and I encourage people to read more and more these days, is because it's really a, a doorway into our shared humanity. That That's the heart of it, and the head of it is it's a doorway to building a bigger, better business. You're exactly right. You know, the printing press brought us out of the dark ages and it's it's for that very reason that we continue to write books. You you might write your first book and, and typically the first book is the hardest because you struggle just with the creative writing and who am I writing it for and all that kind of thing. And so we've created a course called credibilitybook.live where I've got videos where I'm teaching you like I've taught thousands of authors over the years how to write a fiction book, how to write a nonfiction book. Who is your avatar? What do you put on the back cover? What do you uh, put on the for the title and subtitle? My first book was called The Single Dad Survival Guide. It was real simple. It was a resource book for single dads going through a divorce. I saw there were a lot of resources for single moms, but not many resources for single dads going through a divorce. So we created this as a gift book that you could gift to the single dad in your life that was going through a divorce. When you realize that 85 to 90% of the global book readers are women and that 70% of global book readership is fiction, you it will retool your thinking about how to write your book. So if you're stuck on how to write your book, I teach you how to write a chapter in 20 minutes. What do you want that book to do for you? You could literally, Nikki, with any of your books, just like your finish line thinking there, is you could take from every chapter of that book and you could do a live. You could do a podcast on every chapter of that book. You could do a workshop or a coaching program on every chapter of that book. You could literally create a video out of every chapter of your book. You could do it in one Saturday at one setting, and then you would have a video course that you've created that you can sell for $500 or $1,000 off a $20 book that you created one time. So the intellectual property doesn't depreciate. It appreciates just like a collector car, a muscle car, or a home that you built or bought it appreciates, but it only appreciates as other people are sharing it. So we want to figure out how to license our content, get other people sharing our content. That's the beauty of it. Your, your whole show is about thought leadership. And when you look at thought leadership and the idea of blue ocean strategy, it's about anticipating where the market's going, writing the book so you become the anchor tenant. I used to tell everybody, Nikki, back in the 90s, I would say, you want to think 
like a publisher. And then after Y2K, I said, you want to think like a movie producer. And just like you're doing your own show here, you're known for thought leadership. If you Google thought leadership, your name comes up everywhere because you're a thought leader. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to get paid for? And then he who owns the biggest stage has the biggest microphone. You have the biggest influence. And the way to have the biggest influence moving forward 2023 and beyond into 2030 is to own those keywords with the book, with the coaching program, with the podcast, and enough, enough people backlinking to you on that topic. That's true thought leadership. You know, business is moving so fast with artificial intelligence and everything that's coming out. The world's looking for true authenticity, but it's also looking for content that's on the internet first. And the best way to do that is get comfortable with doing video, get comfortable with writing books. What used to take you two years to write a book, you should be able to write a book in two days with the technology we have now. Yeah, all that's true. And um, I want to just address a few of the things you said, because right now, a lot of people are talking about thought leadership, but what they really mean is influencer. And there is a strong distinction between the two, and it's important to understand it, right? There's a whole world where folks are going on and getting really good at getting attention. There's people who know how to do the marketing and say the right things and get a lot of eyeballs and followers. And, you know, there's people who've got a million followers on TikTok and 250,000 on Instagram, and their YouTube channel has 300,000 people. And I know a bunch of these people, and they don't make any money. Let's be honest, they don't make any money. And they're out there teaching people, I'm going to get you more followers. You're going to get views. I even talked to a friend of mine today who goes, I had 3,800 views on my latest video that I spoke at this conference at. And I'm like, this is all great, man. Are you doing all this? I said, I, I just asked him two questions. I said, number one is, do you know, as a result of all this you're doing, how many people have come into your funnel? How many people are are in conversation with your company as a result of these efforts about you helping them solve their key business problems, it, which you solve. He didn't have an answer. And what I said to him was, the fact that you don't know means it's probably zero. It's probably zero. Yeah. That's number one. And number two is, what do you want to be known for? He says, well, I want to be known for that our company is the most trusted, that we deliver the best information. I go, uh-huh. Yeah, that ain't thought leadership. That's shilling for your company. Okay, let's be mm -hmm. honest. That's shilling for your company. And then I explained to him, what's the difference between that and a thought leader? So the thought leader is, a thought leader is a fellow or a gal who is really talking about what matters to them in their area of expertise, right? Like. You know, I speak, for example, a lot about men's issues and right. I come, I, I have a podcast on that. I, I run a group, I shoot videos on it. I interview people mm -hmm. on that. Mainly when I speak about men's issues, I don't start off with, well, my group's called the sovereign man. And what we want to be known for is we want to be known as the best group for you men to come and join and be a part of my God, that would turn people off. They just go mm -hmm. like that and they would stop listening to me if I if that's how I want that. But if instead I go, 
I'm a man who went through a divorce. This is my backstory, you know, uh, seemingly out of the blue. My wife left me. I, I was, I was, uh, I, I was lost. Uh, I contemplated not living anymore. Uh, I didn't do anything about it, but I contemplated it because I couldn't see my children. I wasn't providing for them. I felt like a loser. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember that when I was going through all that, I listened to mm -hmm. a couple of men talking that way. And I leaned right in. I'm like, really? Hmm. Keep talking. How? And then I st start talking. These guys would have little videos. Well, what do you do when you get that letter from the lawyer? What's the first thing you ought to do? Should you hit back hard or should you lay back? So the guy would talk about that. And I'm listening to this fascinated going, shit, I'm thinking about that. Should I hit back hard or should I not? Right? Like, like, and this is the sort of thing that over time, this, these couple of dudes talked about. I did not know what their business was. I'm kidding you not. They didn't pitch me. They didn't tell me to go to a landing page. None of that. They just talked about what really mattered to me, this important issue. And about a month or so into me listening to these little videos that were saving me, that were a lifeline in my hell, I started to go, wow, do these guys maybe do something beyond these videos? And I Googled it and I'm like, oh yeah, this one dude, he does workshops. Oh, and this other dude, He's got a coaching program for, for men that are going through divorce. I'm like, oh, you know what I'm saying? That's a thought leader. He's not an influencer. Yeah. He's not he's not saying something that just tugs my heartstrings and makes me jump on a on, on, on following his Instagram channel, but giving me bubblegum information that has no real value. And let me be honest, no real value. Mm -hmm. Why do I say, why did I ask you to come on? Do you know how many people I know who help people put books together, Michael, a good two dozen. There's only, mm -hmm. you're the third I've ever had on my show. And all of them mm -hmm. have wanted to be on my show. Do you know why I, I brought you on the show? Because yeah. when you came on the show, the first thing you said to me is, Nikki, this is why I wanted you on the show. Yeah, I like you, you're my friend and all that jazz. But why I brought you on the show was you said to me, Nikki, 85% um, of readers are women. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. Because in my relationship, you know, my lady and I, I read all the books. She reads two books a year. Yeah. I read like a hundred. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, really? Women yeah. read more books than men. I relate to you on that. Right, right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, right. So I'm like, shit, he told me something I didn't know. Uh, oh, shoot. I'm not supposed to swear on this podcast, just on the men's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but the second thing was that you said that was valuable was you said that um, 70% of new readers read fiction. I'm like, I kind of intuitively knew that, but I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Michael, you you're giving that, me. You got a gem of a work of fiction coming out. Right, but but listen, I appreciate that. But but what makes you valuable is you mm -hmm. give us stuff like that. You're not just mm -hmm. come in, write your book, go out there, make money from it, blah blah mm -hmm. blah. Because if you'd have done that, Michael, as much as I love you, as much as we're friends, I probably mm -hmm. would bring you on the show. I probably wouldn't mm -hmm. be interested in partnering with you, like I've talked about. Mm -hmm. I think I'd like us to do to do some things because yeah, I think you add a lot of value, and I think that you. Number one is, you know, as I've told you before, I believe I, I, I'd i like to help you with your thought leadership, but I want to team up with you on some events because I think right now what you said to me was CEOs are looking at writing books and thought leadership. And I'm like, damn, man, I bet you Michael and I could put together a doozy of a webinar. We could probably put together a doozy of a live event or a Zoom event or something. And I bet you we 
offer steak to our clients. You know what I mean? We wouldn't mm -hmm. just go here, come on in here and pitch. And you know I love to pitch, right? But we would yeah. give people something real. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? That's why I think it's so important because so many people are throwing that word thought leadership around when they mean influencer. And I, I hate seeing those two words get confused. Well, I'm I'm glad you clarified it because I mean we live we live in a bait click world, particularly with millennials and and online. It's all about views and impressions and clicks and how much time on the page. And we can sell your the data to the advertisers because you're you're spending time on this page scrolling for what you thought was an article about X Y Z, but it takes you down a rabbit hole of something else. So, um, I think in this time of authenticity, that the world is really looking for that. And I think because it's gotten so noisy and it's hard to determine what is fake news and what is real, you know, our optical sensors from the time we're babies, we begin to filter out images because we realize it like three months that we're being marketed to. And it's amazing the human brain and how the eye with the optical sensors begins to filter out the neon sign and the noise. And a lot of busy parents have no choice, they think, but to put their baby in a car seat in front of a Disney movie to educate them. And it's just really tragic and sad. So I'm really glad that you, I'm sorry, I said a bad word when I said Disney. That. Oh. The D word. The D word. The D. Yes. Um, but, you, you know, and, and I will say this about children's books. We need great children's books for 8 to 11-year-olds. We have the number one selling series in North America, Harry Moon. And there you've got, who you got there? Kathy Capitalist and Johnny Jobmaker. I love that. I love that. There you go. Written by Nikki Baloo. There you go. There you go. There you go. The video game company. I love this, man. Why have I not seen this before? You're holding out well, on I got a, I got a series of these, man. We should talk offline. I got to get, like, I've not been able to market that properly. I tried and I'm, I I kind of put it aside because I got Can I tell you a secret? I, I want to talk to you about this book because Please. we sold half a million of our Harry Moons. Let's see if I've got one in front of me. So um, I, I wanted, I've been working on a children's series. So I just went to... Uh, chat gpt the other day and i said listen i want you to help me come up with 10 books set in the midwest of the u.s for 8 to 11 year olds i need a boy character and a girl as the lead characters and it's characters values and i laid out the scenario and chat gpt gave me the whole breakdown of the characters the synopsis of each book the title of each book and what each illustration should be literally it done for you i just need to go create the illustrations and write it damn and i'm like there's my children's series right there i just need like one week i can literally create a a, a series of 10 children's books in one week i got be done. more of those written i never ended up publishing them but I wanted to do these books because I I am sick and tired of all this woke crap that's being shoved down our kids' throats. This is teaching them about free enterprise, capitalist values. And I just thought Kathy and Johnny, great characters, you know, show them how to go out there and make all that stuff happen. I, I want to find a way to market it. My my problem, as I told you when I when we spoke, has never been how to write the book, how to get it like, you know, formatted or put together. It's always been. How do I get it marketed properly, especially the initial ones on a shoestring uh, kind of budget? Because I, I I did a couple of, hey, let's spend money on 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 PR. We did that. Um, didn't go so well. So it just kind of left me a little gun shy. 
It, you, it's really it's really about finding uh, how we're going to sell those books. Children's books that are faith based or that are patriot based do really well with uh, homeschool homeschool moms and dads that are paying to um, educate their kids. And in the U.S., we're double taxed when we homeschool our kids. But I got to ask a question. You're in Canada. Capitalism hurts people, right? Capitalism is a bad thing. You would be surprised, man. About 40% of Canadians are very conservative. So uh, even though the world says that, and we have a we have a socialist in 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 charge of our government right now, the number of uh capitalists and conservatives and Christians and faith-based people of other faiths in this country would absolutely astound you. Absolutely astound. Well, the reason I asked the question because it is your show, and and maybe some people might not know that you were born and partially raised in Iran. And yeah. so uh you have, I think, you have a special appreciation for capitalism and free enterprise coming to the U.S. and seeing both sides. Yeah, a hundred percent. But you know, the conversation around a book like that, I'd love to figure out how to get that book into the hands of lots of mom and dads of eight to eleven year olds because I think this will help them. These types of stories being read at bedtime, you know, would be way better than uh, you know, the crappy stories that are being written for kids today. I, I, I went into the bookstore and I saw these woke ass stories for kids and I'm like, nah, there's just no way, but how do we, how do we get past all that crap? That's a question that for me is an interesting one. Um, and I want to learn how to, how to not just be a good writer, but a good marketer and promoter of my books. Well, I, I, I really I, think, I, learn. I really think, um, just like the parents going to the school boards in the U.S. and getting called, uh, um, you know, terrorist, homegrown terrorist, or um, I, I tell you, I, I really think a lot of parents since the pandemic are starting to wake up because they're realizing that the liberal agenda and the um, uh, neuterization of our boys and the feminization of our boys and the um, uh, I tell you, I, I've raised four sons and you've got sons. And it's so important that our men, um, strong men, know how to treat women with respect. And um, no boys should be allowed to compete on girls' sports teams. No. And so these are things that, um, unfortunately, we as as believers and as the church and as the right have allowed it for a long time. And we didn't realize how much pornography is in our library system and our public school systems. It's going to take a while to um, change things and how many uh, trans ideation teachers that really believe in that concept of confusing kids genders at early ages are embedded in our in our schools in the u.s i don't know about canada but you can't fire a bad teacher after they have tenure after they've been there seven years unless they you can prove they sexually molested a child if they're a bad teacher and they're just teaching woke ideology all day long you can't fire them for teaching their wokeness they, they're allowed to do that. And it, it's really sad because they're doing it on taxpayer dollar dime. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I, I know that in Canada, it's it's very similar. Uh, there's a lot that you, uh, you can do. You can take your kids out of those schools. You can put them in private mm -hmm. schools. You can homeschool kids. So all, all those are things mm -hmm. that we, we got to do. But I mean, oh, and I met a teacher recently. Uh, she's she's a special needs teacher for K through sixth grade. She's a Christian and she plays Christian music in her classrooms. And the principal will come in and comment on how peaceful 
and and uh, structured her room is. Even though you've got kids in there with all with uh, autism and uh, Aspergers and those types of things on the spectrum, they're very they're very responsive, and they don't realize that she's creating this atmosphere of peace in the room, and the kids love her, and uh, the parents. After the kids get out of high school and college, they reach back and thank her because they've had such a positive impact on her life. She's not there with an agenda. She's there to really help the kids learn and go to the next level. I'll tell you, Michael, what I think uh, is great about that is that these uh, these types of teachers are doing God's work. But just shifting back to this whole conversation around books and authors, I think inside the publishing space, there is a void around marketing. Somebody who can provide a path to marketing the books more effectively, mm-hmm. especially things like these children's books and fiction books mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Man, mm-hmm. that is that is going to be something that is really going to take off because a lot of people don't have a clue. I don't have a clue about how to market on a, a, a piece of fiction or a book like this. I know how to get my book, my business books into the hands of prospects but I don't need a I don't need twenty thousand of those in people's hands. But if I could sell twenty thousand copies of my children's books, I'd be changing the world, man. Twenty thousand families would be indoctrinating their kids with free market capitalism and faith and not crap. So that'd be that'd be exciting. Well, th- there's definitely a hunger for that in the marketplace. We spent $2 million of our own money figuring out how not to do it. And we were trying to write books for five to seven-year-olds. And we realized the sweet spot is in selling and marketing to eight to 11 years old. If wow. you go to harrymoon.com, you'll see we've sold half a million of these. And we actually had the former production chief of Disney uh, give us a, a really nice endorsement on here. But there's 23 books in the series. And we realized wow. what's really hot with children's books ages eight to 11 is having a female heroine, having a female hero, because um, there there's a lack of female heroes in the books for 8 to 11. The reason we go 8 to 11, because if they're 5 to 7, kids are learning how to read. Te- school teachers are looking for how to read, how to do uh, phonics and all that. But 8 to 11 is the gap before they start learning the classics and the things like that in the Greek mythology. So 8 to 11 is the sweet spot. And that's where they'll spend money. Parents and grandparents will spend money for the 8 to 11 years old and selling these directly into homeschools and directly into the schools um, with the librarians. The number one attendees of book shows in America at the big book expos is librarians. They have a budget for it. And so we just sell directly to the school principals and the librarians. So this book of mine, this series, the main character is mm-hmm. a female, Kathy Capitalist. Johnny yeah. is the secondary character. So we just got to make a, a really nice. That this is this is going to be for eight to eleven year olds in particular, and and that can be oh, done. beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I would love to partner with you on that. And I would say let's put them all in hardcover as well because li- yeah. libraries recommend uh, prefer hardcover, and a lot of parents and grandparents will choose hardcover over paperback. Even though it's a couple bucks more, it's it's going to last longer and get more uh, get more reads, and they're going to pass it along. That's mm-hmm. that 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 would be great to do, man. I'd love to I'd love to work with you to see what 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 can be done around those areas. Because I mean, get getting books into the hands of people is since I was a kid, 
I always yeah. wanted to be a writer. I wanted you, to. Well, you read more books than me. I've only read 2,000. You've read 4,000. But what I'm going to do for your listeners, anybody that's stuck or they think they've got a book ideal, they can go to credibilitybook.live. I'll give your 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 listeners the promo code to get it for free. The eighth volume module course is uh, use the promo code at checkout beyond. It's our publishing company's beyond. Just type in beyond. You'll get all those lessons and bonus lessons for free. And it will take you through writing your book, launching your book, getting bestseller, and really looking at who your avatar is. And then also uh, joint venture partnerships and actually marketing the book before you ever launch it so that when you do launch it, you've got hundreds of joint venture partners lined up to help you with that launch. So yeah, we'll it'd be sure fun to work with that. you on it. Thank you. For sure, man. We'll make sure we put that in the in the show notes so people can can get a hold of you. Um, I appreciate it. And, and um, Michael, you ought to you ought to get yourself on a bunch of shows as well. I mean, I got some people I'll connect you with to talk about this. Uh, and, and I've got some ideas to get you on a bunch of shows uh, in this regard. I love the fact that you come in here and you, you talk about real facts, real statistics, real things that people do. It's, it's valuable stuff. That's what makes a thought leader a thought leader. And uh, it, it, it's my opinion that... Um, like I said, that that mastermind for CEOs, man, that that are paying you, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month. I'm ex- I'm a, I'm excited about that uh, for you. I think that's that that that's a great place for you to go. We end off each episode by asking you, as our guest expert, for your top three expert action steps. These are your three best pieces of advice in bullet point form that you want my listener to take on to make their life, their business go to the next level. So what say you, Michael? I would say start writing every day, which means start journaling every day. But I would also say start shooting video every day. So start shooting video and just connecting with your customers and start writing your story every day and start doing video every day. You get better when you do it every day. Don't worry about what it looks like, sounds like. Don't uh, be self-critical and all those kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things that are going to stop you. And the market's not looking for perfection. They're looking for action. So take action by writing 500 to 1,000 words a day uh, into your first book. And then also take action by doing a video every day, either where you're just encouraging yourself and giving yourself positive self-talk or you're connecting uh, deeply and heartfelt authentically with your customers. And ask your customers, where have we screwed up? How can we make it right? Here's what we intend to do. How can we do it better? And you'll get customers just out of being that transparent. So that was two things, I think. And you had a third one? Yeah, yeah. So talk to your customers. You said write every day, shoot video every day, talk to your customers. And and yeah, one more. The the other one I would say is hug, hug your friends and family. Let them know more. I just turned 55 and uh, I just came off 18 holes of golf with one of my dear friends. And so I get the senior discount. So I'm I'm that much more aware every day uh, how precious life is. You know, when you have, uh, as your kids grow, they move away and you don't see them as often. So just tell friends and family, shoot them a text, give them a phone call, give them a hug, let them know you're thinking about them because um, life is short and they need to know how important they are. Yeah, these are awesome. I wrote all these down, man. I, I think they're awesome. Um, you know, to me, Michael, what matters is we're living in a time where being connected to people is um, what we all crave. And yet 
the way the world is set up in 2023, it's more difficult to connect because people are so technology focused, so screen focused. And if you remember George Orwell's book, 1984, the whole premise of that book was that the behemoth government wanted people glued to screens so they would be isolated and alone and easier to control. And when you're not glued mm -hmm. to screens all the time, when you're speaking to people, man, that's when your life just goes to a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being real. And thanks for, thanks for showing people how to be a thought leader by actually delivering something that was valuable here and not just a show for your business. So God bless you for that, man. Thanks, Nikki. Keep up the great work. Thanks yeah, for having me. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Michael Butler of Beyond Publishing, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.